0: Welcome to Wonderland, the podcast where I go down the rabbit hole to research things you may be curious about. My name is Ami, and I'll be your guide on this trip to Wonderland. Welcome, my pretties, to a spooky edition of Welcome to Wonderland. Did you know that my most downloaded episode ever is my Halloween episode from last year? You guys seem to really enjoy learning about the origins of spooky season. So I thought I'd do another Halloween-themed episode for us this year.
1: I wonder. I wonder. I
0: wonder. I wonder.
2: I wonder. I wonder. I
3: wonder. I wonder. I
4: wonder. I wonder. I
3: wonder.
0: But since we've already learned about the origins of the holiday and the costumes, I thought we'd dive into a closely related rabbit hole. So what might we be wondering about today? This place is a, a haunted house. That's right, we're gonna talk about haunted houses. So join me,
5: if you dare.
0: In preparing for this episode, I had the opportunity to talk to three different types of people. People who run haunted houses, people who work at haunted houses, and people who go to haunted houses. And I'm going to share some of what I learned from the experts. But first, let's jump into this rabbit hole and talk about what it is. To be a haunted house,
6: it's a spooky, scary house with ghosts and ghouls and monsters,
0: and you're gonna see some scary things
7: and get really freaked out. It's kind of like a adrenaline rush. Um, usually, they have like different rooms and places to go, and like uh, people in masks who are gonna scare
3: you. It is a thrill attraction where you go through to be scared.
7: I mean, it's usually put in some sort of an old building, old house, or whatever, and it's just all the
6: things that can think of that scare people you know Mm
2: -hmm. yep um dim lighting uh things jumping out at you chainsaws
6: yes (laughs) it's always chainsaws A haunted house is
8: a, a house that is believed to have uh ghosts or paranormal uh stuff either a place that is full of ghosts or
3: an attraction you go to to get scared
0: For the purpose of this podcast, I'm really talking about haunted house attractions, but I'd like to talk a little about haunted houses in general first. That creepy old house in town that everyone walks quickly past because strange, unexplained things happen there is a common enough trope in media, but it's certainly not limited to movies. Whether you call it a haunted house, a spook house, or a ghost house, these types of buildings have been around for centuries. There's typically some sort of lore about spirits of the deceased who have not passed on to their final resting place. Often, these spirits are thought to have died from violent or tragic events, such as murder, freak accidents, or suicide. Sometimes the houses are supposedly built atop an old burial or on sacred ground. Statistically speaking, most of these supernatural phenomena are typically found to be hoaxes, hallucinations, or environmental effects, Things like cold spots and strange noises are found in many homes and don't necessarily indicate spirits therein. But still, the idea of a place being haunted is something that many people can't totally shake off. In a 2005 Gallup poll, 28% of Canadians, 37% of Americans, and a whopping 40% of Britons believe that houses could be haunted. As a result, there are houses that are believed to be haunted to such a degree that that they are well-known worldwide.
6: I mean, I think my house is haunted.
0: Um, mine.
6: But <laughs> oh, it's <yes>. not famous. <laughs> it's Amityville. Yeah.
8: I know, I think, uh, the, what's the one that's in Connecticut? That's the, um, Amityville Horror.
0: I'm pretty sure that's on Long Island.
8: Is it? Oh, Long Island. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be haunted. I can't think of the name of it. It's the one with, like, the eye
3: windows. Amityville. And the Amityville Horror House. Uh, The Amityville house? Yeah, a guy, I think, mm, if I'm remembering correctly, murdered his family with an axe, okay. I believe. Oh, I think that's right.
7: Or the hotel that uh, The shining's based on in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's supposed to be haunted but you can actually stay there in some of the rooms that are haunted and people have reported that they've had like ghostly interactions or eerie spooky things happen to them um that's one that i for sure know about and it's like really cool and big
6: there's the winchester house that was specifically made to have ghosts get lost in there so there's actually no sense to the house plan so that's really cool um, and then, not a house, but a boat, there's the Queen Mary in, uh, California, where you can go spend the night on there, and it's haunted.
7: Do you remember that house that was in New Orleans that was, uh, was on American Horror Story? That
5: It yes. was supposed to be haunted
7: because of all the people that were, like, tortured and, yeah, um, and, a- like, slaved in hell. house, so that one's supposed to be really we, haunted.
6: you know a lot of
2: haunted
0: houses. Yeah, <laughs> I <might> keep going. <laughs> um... Bly Manor, is that real? (laughs) I don't know if it's real or not, but it's a really good show. Places like the house in Amityville. This is Steve Langford from Newsday. In the handsome village of Amityville, Long Island,
3: one of the area's best-known sites is not a featured exhibit at the local historical society. On Ocean Avenue, where on November 13, 1974, six members of the DeFeo family were shot and killed by Ronald DeFeo. The eldest son, the infamy of the gruesome murders here fueled by a 1977 book called The Amityville Horrors, a spooky tale of alleged paranormal creepiness inside the home, followed by a horror movie of the same name, and then a steady stream of sordid sequels.
0: Borley Rectory in England.
9: Borley Rectory in the tiny East Anglian hamlet, whose name it bears, was once known as the most haunted house in England. Many people, five successive rectors, their wives and families, neighbours and visitors, all apparently saw things there. And the legend lives on.
0: Corvin Castle in Romania.
7: Thank you guys for tuning into Amy's Crypt. Today I am at one of the most stunning and also most haunted castles in the whole of Transylvania, Romania, that is Corvin Castle. I'm going to take you for a look around, go over its ghost stories, and we might even get a chance to do some paranormal investigating a bit later on.
0: The Winchester Mystery House in California. This is William Shatner on the History Channel's The Unexplained series.
1: In San Jose, California, stands one of the largest and most bizarre private residences in the United States. Known as the Winchester Mystery House, this 24,000 square foot Victorian style mansion contains an astonishing 160 rooms, 17 chimneys, 47 fireplaces, two basements, three elevators, and more than 10,000 panes of glass. And those are just the ones we know about. But why? The mastermind behind this architectural jigsaw puzzle was Sarah Winchester, the widow of the man who manufactured the Winchester Repeating Rifle
0: these places have drawn national and international notoriety due to just the sheer persistence of the stories so are real life haunted houses what gave rise to haunted house attractions when and where do you think haunted house attractions originated
6: so my first thought oh well i don't know cuz like people back in victorian times i think they did like séances and tried to like they had like a very morbid fascination with that kind of stuff i think um, but I would say probably more, like, probably the 90s or 80s or 90s when people really started going to haunted houses. Mm.
7: I would say the Salem Witch Trials because they really set us up for spook. <laughs> <laughs> set
6: us up for spook. Uh, yeah, I I would, I'd... I'd probably think that, uh, with the rise of, like, uh, scary movies, people were probably wanting to go do like oh, haunted houses satanic panic Titanic, yeah
8: <laughs> oh i assume it's probably one of the like a probably like uh mm-hmm. a carnival place uh like a long island like long island's got whatever that big carnival is I coney s- Island. yeah coney island i guess um i i i think that's probably you know it was just set up as a a fun house that was turned scary and then i think that that built into the attractions that we see now
6: maybe the 70s
8: and i don't know where um i would probably say
3: like the 80s i could see it coming out in the 80s just that aesthetic was horror with beat it coming out with or thriller i mean coming out and stuff like that
2: i don't know i'd say maybe the 40s or 50s but i don't i don't know why other than you know when kids are trick or treating, there's always that scary house, you know, somewhere along the, the line mm-hmm. and maybe somebody thought, Hey, that'd be a good way to make a profit.
7: I, I tend to want to believe do, that it's so much longer ago than that, like mm-hmm. 15, 16 hundreds, but you know, maybe not in the way that we think of them now, but like they were born of that, but mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have any basis of knowledge to <laughs> confirm that. Just I, a feeling it's kind of a gut feeling. Yeah.
0: Some believe the origins of haunted house attractions can be traced back to 19th century London. A series of illusions and attractions introduced the public to a new form of macabre entertainment. In 1802, Marie Tussaud created quite a scandal when she introduced audiences to a wax sculpture exhibition featuring decapitated French figures, including King Louis, Marie Antoinette, Marat, and Robespierre. She dubbed her display the Chamber of Horrors, a name that continues to stick to the Wax Museum today. Around the turn of the 20th century, the closest relatives to modern haunted houses began experimenting with macabre themes. The Grand Guignol Theater in Paris gained notoriety for its onstage depictions of graphic dismemberment. In 1915, in Liphook, England, one of the first known ghost houses debuted on the fairgrounds. The Halloween-themed haunted houses we're used to, however, largely emerged during the Great Depression in the United States. If you've listened to my previous Halloween episode, you know that vandalism and Halloween went hand in hand. If you haven't listened, this is your sign to cue that episode up right after you finish this one. American parents, in an attempt to keep their children from running amok on All Hallows' Eve, organized haunted houses and trails to keep them off the streets and under watchful eyes. A 1937 party pamphlet details for parents how to create a trail of terror in their own home. An outside entrance leads to a rendezvous with ghosts and witches in the cellar or attic. Hang old fur, strips of raw liver on the walls, where one feels his way to dark steps. Weird moans and howls come from dark corners. Damp sponges and hairnets hung from the ceiling touch his face. At one place, Tige, who is a guard dressed as a dog, suddenly jumps out at him, barking, growling. Doorways are blockaded, so guests must crawl through a long, dark tunnel. At the end, he hears a plaintive meow and sees a black cardboard cat outlined in luminous paint. Early on, these haunted houses were small, non-profit affairs held in residential neighborhoods. By the mid-1900s, larger organizations began hosting their own haunted houses as both fundraisers for charities and as commercial attractions. In 1969, one such haunted house had such a high production value and was so successful that it launched haunted houses firmly, into mainstream
2: haunted mansion
0: of course <laughs> of course
8: <laughs> probably uh oh oh was it disney
3: <laughs> at the haunted mansion at disney world oh i i never wrote haunted mansion <laughs> but yeah that is one
7: the haunted mansion the haunted mansion how did disney? we not know the how Haunted we Mansion? <laughs> we go there all the time oh yeah a that's regular a, a regular oh my gosh that is a that's interesting yeah
0: disney's haunted mansion opened in 1969 and thrilled guests with a spectral sea captain a ghostly wedding party transforming portraits and a headless horseman the ideas for the haunted mansion precedes disneyland and dates back to when walt disney hired one of the first imagineers his first known illustration of the park in 1951 features a main street setting green fields a western village and a carnival a black and white sketch of a crooked street leading away from the main street by a peaceful church and graveyard with a rundown manor perched up on a hill that towered over Main Street. Disney, it turns out, hated the idea of a rundown building in his park and after visiting Winchester Mystery House in San Jose, California, decided to go with a more elegant exterior and a spooky interior. Haunted house attractions have continued to become more elaborate than their original versions. American Haunts estimates that there are over 1,200 haunted house attractions that charge admission fees now. Some of these haunts are fundraisers. The United States Junior Chamber, J.C.'s, for example, encourages its membership to construct haunted houses as a charity fundraising event, something they started doing in the 1970s. One of such still-active J.C.-run haunts is right here in Columbia, South Carolina, and it's called Hall of Horrors, run by the K.C. West Columbia J.C.'s. I had the privilege of chatting with O'Shawn McClendon.
4: It's the creator of nightmares.
0: O'Shawn continues to give life to the Hall of Horrors with a new storyline and scares year after year. I also got to speak to Scott and Lori step.
1: We always, as a family, have loved Halloween.
0: The steps run the Dark Castle Haunted attraction out in Elgin, South Carolina. I asked each of them what got them into making haunted houses. So what? what got you into making haunted houses? Like, what got uh, you there?
1: And I can remember as a, as a young adult, even actually before then, we would always, you know, dress out our yard and stuff. We, you know, I grew up here in Columbia, and we we grew up in a neighborhood called Woodfield Park, and it was mainly retirees and stuff that lived in the uh, um, uh, military retirees lived in the house, and so. Um, you know, we would dress up, you know, me and my brother and, and, uh, we'd put gravestones and stuff out in our yard <laughs> and stuff like that. Well, as the progression goes on, right. You start dating and things of that nature. And, you know, me and my, and my wife, we would go out to haunted houses and stuff like that. And, and literally I would dress up and back then this, we're talking the eighties here, like, <laughs> and, and, um, you know, we would dress up and stuff like that. And I actually could scare some of the actors the way I was dressed up going through the haunts and stuff back then. So Ooh. I'm a big guy. And, you know, if I, it depends on what I was dressed as, you know, I would, I, I, you know, literally would have people, you know, hey, dude, you need to come here and all this other <laughs> stuff work for us. And, I, you know, anyway, but that's then, um, then in 1999, my father in law, um, Larry Oates decided to try to try his hand at the business. So he was the first one that actually got into like doing the business aspect of it. Um, found a place to rent. Uh, of course, you know, being part of the family, uh, it was kind of all hands on deck doing stuff and, and me with my mechanical background, I, of course, I did all of the wiring and things of that nature. And if there were any, any props or anything that needed, um, needed special attention to, you know, uh, air cannons or something, you know, just anything then I would take care of it. That would be something I would do. Um, and he ran that for, uh, about six years. We started in 1999. I think it closed in 2005. So I think 2004, 2005. And, um, he had some health issues and stuff like that. So, so we just didn't, j- didn't pursue it anymore. Um, then 2008, I own my own plumbing business. And in 2008, 2010, the economy tanked. I don't know. Right. If you remember yeah. that. And I told my wife, I said, we really need to kind of supplement our income a little bit. And she goes, okay, what's your thoughts? You know, you know, hot dog vendor or whatever i said well we were pretty good at the haunted house business and in between that time you know that larry took a that that um we took a hiatus um her father passed away and we literally were asked to put together two or three haunted houses for different things like um uh Camp Chemo asked us to put together one for them as a fundraiser. I did one out at the lake for a a haunted trail. Um, You know, we would do stuff like that. And I told my wife, I said, well, we're pretty good in the haunted house business. Why don't we try to get back into it? So I started researching, trying to find places to do it. Um, my, my, um, My business was on Monticello Road at the time. And I figured okay. it wasn't a bad area, but it wasn't really a good area to, to, to be in. And so I tried Rishon County because, you know, that's where we live and everything else. Could not get into Rishon County. Rishon County just, you know, we'll just say that I couldn't get in there. So Forest Acres, City of Forest Acres, uh, I found a mall, um, uh, Richmond Fashion Mall or uh, Rishon Mall, and we put up, we set up a temporary haunt there in 2012. Does that sound right? I think
5: wow.
1: 12 and big area. I mean, it was 50,000 square feet. It was, right. you know, we ran three different type trails or whatever, you know, shows in there. And, um, then we found a permanent location out in Elgin, South Carolina, in Kershaw County. Um, great location, great county. I'm be honest with you, it was probably one of the best things that ever happened. You know that could happen. Um, so we all moved out out there, and this is our tenth year being in Kershaw County. Uh, purchased the land like August thirtieth, and. Literally had one month to set up everything. Holy 10 man. and a half acres, 20,000 square feet worth of warehouse. Um, just unbelievable how much effort was put into it to, to knock out everything that way.
0: Um, so what got you into making haunted houses?
4: So me and haunted houses go way back. My love and creativity for like spooky things is kind of what led me into the haunted house field. But as a child, I always knew that I was gonna be like an engineer, an imagineer working at Disney, creating the rides and like those unique experiences. Because as a child, my parents took us to all the parks. So we've been to, you know, Universal, to Disney, to anywhere you could imagine as a child, any one of the theme parks. So just as a as as a young person, I was always inspired in just the creativity behind it. I'm always one of those like almost like theme adjacent to this podcast, like, I wonder, like, how do they make this? Like, what goes on behind the scenes? So even when I visit other people's haunted houses and like visit the yard displays or whatever it is, I'm always that person in the back of my brain, just kind of like, how does this work? What makes it happen? How can I do it? So Um, with that, like wonderment, I guess, is that a word? Um, with (laughs) the intrigue that I had with just like the creativity and the, you know, Halloween is almost like an easy access point in the way that like anyone can do it. So you can run to, you know, Walmart or, you know, any of the big box stores and pick up anything that you need to create a unique yard display. Now we do it on a little bit higher of a level than just going to Walmart, but still, if you wanted to get in it, that's how you get your foot in the door. And then that opens up gateways to like the trade shows that we go to. And then they have the masks and the costumes and the props and everything that you need to run a haunt. So that's just kind of how I got inspired and, you know, wanted to do haunted houses.
0: Haunted houses have come a long way from hanging wet sponges from the ceiling and furs on the walls. I asked Scott and O'Shawn to talk to me about what goes into creating a haunted house. You, you give yourself a self-appointed title, I think, um, at the Hall of Horrors. What is that?
4: It's the creator of nightmares. I hold that dear to my heart because it's true. I love to hear people coming out screaming, raving about how great the show is. And again, we give our actors all the accolades because we're up there all the time. Like I said, I'm about to head up there here shortly. No one will be up there but us building stuff. But until they get there in the afternoons and put on their makeup and their costumes, the house doesn't come alive. So that our actors are number one thing. But yes, creator of nightmares is the title that I love to give (laughs) myself just because it kind of fits everything. Like I I do everything I I can do, you know, from the build to operating to whatever. We have a team that covers everything now at this point, but in the early days, it was literally doing everything. So.
0: (laughs) So what makes a good haunted house? So when you're out there designing your nightmares, what goes into a good haunted house? (laughs)
4: In my opinion, it's a mix of everything. So you have your flashy shows that, yes, they have a lot of money, but is the heart really there? And then you have shows like Us where we might have a little less money, which, you know, obviously we're working on that. But until you can get to the level of having a million dollars to run a show, then you have to really rely on your creativity. So we're very fortunate and blessed to have a team behind us that, you know— I just sewed my own costume. Second time touching a machine. I did a pair (laughs) of overalls yesterday for my costume this season. You know, it's just that stick-to-itiveness that, you know, you need to have the passion behind running a haunted house in order to do a haunted house. So you can have all the money in the world, but honestly, I think it's the creativity. And then also, like I said, our actors. Until you have those people in the doors that bring the show, your creative vision to life, then you don't really have a great show.
0: So how do you go about deciding a theme each year?
4: Um, Realistically, it's just kind of what's in my heart. Um, (laughs) The last few years, I've been very fortunate. Like last year, I don't know what I was doing. I think I was watching like... um, I don't remember that vampire show that everyone's really into. I'm not really into it, but like I've seen a couple of episodes of the first season, and I was just like, you know what? Now it's time to bring back vampires. And then <laughs> lo and behold, we get to the trade show, and everything on the trade show floor is themed behind vampires. So I was like, you know what? Really hit the nail on the head this year. This past season, because again, we start designing the show realistically once we get done in November. So. Oh. Uh, as much as, like, I'm, I'm tired of haunted houses in the way of, like, I'm just physically tired, I never get tired of, like, the creativity behind it. So once we close those doors on the 31st, then it's like, all right, guys, take a week or two off, and then what can we do for next year? So then last year, I was like, you know what? Vampires were really cool the year prior. Let's do, like, a farm theme. We hadn't done that in a while at our show. So... Literally just pick that up out of nowhere, get to the trade show this year. Everything is scarecrow themed. Everything is like (laughs) farm related. And I was like, this is two for two. So we'll see what we have in store for next season. Maybe I can do three for three, but- (laughs) Do you already have
0: some ideas that are (laughs) washing around up here?
4: Um. Well, to be completely honest, I think because we invested so much in the show this season, we're going to kind of like spin it for the next few years. So sure. while we're going to change up rooms and everything, generally we'll flip the entire show in the way that like we'll pick a new theme and, you know, we'll take out major set pieces. So I think that's what we're going to do for this next you know year or two. Maybe reimagine the story, do a part two, or maybe a whole completely different story. And then we might bring you in a different way because we're famous for doing that. We might bring (laughs) you in the side door. We might bring you in the other door, the back. Like this year, it's the back of the building. So we switch up our flow because from year to year, generally the customers don't remember anyway. You go through one time and that's just the experience. So realistically, we probably could put a lot less effort than we do, but (laughs) we just enjoy it so much that you know, we flip everything. So next year it'll probably be farm adjacent, but a lot of new fun things that we didn't even get to do this year. Like there's still things that I I'm going up there now to plug in because it's like, Oh, didn't get to do that the first few weeks. So the show's always evolving.
0: Uh, In your opinion, you've been doing it for a while. Mm-hmm. What makes a good haunted house? Like, what is it that, I assume you have to come up with a theme each year. Do you change it right. up? Like
1: what, well, How it, what
0: goes into that? <laughs>
1: Um, needs to be entertaining. Okay. I, that, that's our first, that's our first endeavor is entertainment. Okay. Um, we're not necessarily always going to scare you if that makes sense. So we want it to be entertaining no matter what. Um, I, our mission statement, I think puts it just exactly how we want it. We want to provide a safe place in the, in which we can, um, entertain, scare, and or disgust you, <laughs> uh, and that, and that's the essence of a haunted house.
0: Clearly, it's a ton of work to bring a haunt together that scares and entertains thousands of guests each year. I visited a couple of haunted houses this season and spoke to some people who were waiting in line to experience their turn in the haunted house. As a note, most of these interviews were taken at the Hall of Horrors, and I visited on blackout night.
10: All right, my love. So I got a couple of rules for you guys. Is that okay? Mm-hmm. So as you guys know, you have a bunch of actors in there. Our actors will get severely close to you. you may even bump into you, but they will not directly grab you. So they will not touch you. Please do not touch them. Also, please keep all your belongings in your pockets. Phone, keys, wallets, all of it. Because they get lost. They're arsed at the end of the night. And unfortunately, we can't stop the whole show for one person. And we can't flip those lights back on until after 11. Also, please, no photography. No photos, no videos, no flashlights. None of it. Usually, we'll have a bunch of these little lights throughout the whole hot. However, congratulations. This is actually our last blackout night of the season. So, hello, how are you guys? <laughs> um, all those lights will be gone tonight and all you guys will have is this little wand. Um Also, if you guys like it tonight, please come back and see us. We'll be open from now all the way until Halloween for our regular scheduled nights. Um, you'll be able to see all of our regular lighting and all of our regular scenes like almost a whole different show. You actually going to see how much work the team has put in to make it what it is this year. So please come back and see us. Also, we're all nonprofits, so please come back and see us.
0: Also, I know a lot of people get
10: scared. They like to walk backwards. Please keep moving forwards. You guys go backwards. You might run into the group behind you. You messes up the whole group I got going on, if you know what I mean. <laughs> um, whenever I send you guys in, you'll make a left and a right. There'll be these two little stairs, so just watch your step, okay? Okay. Um, last but not least, last Blackout Night, I had someone toss this and break it. So whoever's going first, who is going first? Oh, maybe? We put the wrist strap on for me. That way we have no other Yep. Yeah. And that's all the rules I have for you guys, but I have another 30 seconds before I can send you guys in, okay? Alright.
0: Which, if you haven't experienced a haunted house like this, it's basically where they turn off all the lights throughout the haunted house, and your group is given a glow stick to navigate your way through the attraction. While you miss out on the subtlety of the storyline when visiting a haunted house on a blackout night, the jump scares are so much scarier. (laughs) Can oh. <laughs> By the time we were through, my heart rate was in the 160s and my throat right. was sore from screaming. Yes. That's me <laughs> being scared repeatedly. For many people, this visit wasn't their first time at a haunted house.
3: I was five years old and it was terrifying.
6: Why? Five years old. I have no idea my parents
5: were
8: mean. My first one was in Orlando. It's called um, Horror and Church Street.
3: Well, I've been to more theme parks, haunted theme parks, I so guess like, you could say, so like went, but we used to go to
0: Halloween Horror Nights in Universal okay. in Orlando, and that was fun. Is this your first haunted house? No. No. So how old were you when you went to your first haunted house?
10: Ours was. Ours what? I was like nine or ten, and you weren't terrified. Uh, I was definitely. <laughs> and you?
0: I want to say thirteen. Okay, I would say fourteen. I see, I always mess up with 14. <laughs> so you guys, and so how many have you been to? You think?
10: Um, uh, recently we went. We actually went to Scareway, so we cannot count.
7: <laughs> four or five. But okay. So
10: if we're gonna count, uh, Hall floors and two for me. Because okay. we went to the lot of, like a couple yeah. years ago. No, not, no, first but not either, year. Columbia, but yeah. Yeah.
0: First of the year. Yeah. So how old were you when you started going to haunted houses? Like, like 14 maybe. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, 18, like 14, 12, 12, 12, uh, 12. 11. Right. Were you all scared? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you still come back and do them. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so is this your first haunted house? No. So when did you start going? Oh, in like middle school. I go to like the same ones at home because they're just that scary that I'll go back to them. So this is probably like my fourth like different okay but you go like every year to Ohio. yeah so it's part of your halloween tradition yeah you went to your first haunted house when you were six yeah do you go pretty regularly well not anymore because i'm an adult but <laughs> he'll take me every my husband will take me every now and then whenever on my birthday my birthday's in october so oh so you're almost a halloween baby huh? yes how many times do you think you've been to a haunted house estimate um hundred. Oh, that's a lot lot yeah but for some They had never ventured to a haunted house before that night. I spoke with this family after they had gone through the haunted house for the first time.
5: (laughs) Did you have fun?
9: (laughs) Y'all okay? Y'all okay?
10: I'm outside. Tell me why your name is outside.
9: The one that <who> just jumped <laughs> out the window. Oh my god. Go around that corner. Oh no. I will go, go, go
0: home. I'm glad I finished her. <laughs> was, was this your first haunted house?
4: Yes, it
1: was. For all of you? Yes. Oh,
0: good oh my goodness. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, how did you like it? I like yeah. it, and
1: then you can't see. So I definitely want to come back where you can see, I know. so we can see the different I props.
0: Scary. I, oh, like, yeah. I like it. The props are fantastic. So I've been yeah. through both ways, uh, but it's definitely scariest tonight. It's a good first go experience. Right. Yes. Yeah, so fine. what was the scariest part to you?
4: They're coming out the window. They be coming out
0: every time. <laughs> we
4: come around that
0: corner, They're looking at you like, <laughs> what the world? Who's I screen- like the pig? <clears throat> Who screamed the loudest? I know I did. I did. <laughs> I did! <laughs> Y'all are all screaming! Yes. Yeah. Who who held the light?
1: Zayla did. So, that's why
0: they tried to eat us. Cause <laughs> so, of him. So so that means you were in the front then. Yes. How'd you do? Were you scared? Not yeah, even man. a little. He's Good scared. Day. He nah. Yes. He was shaking in his boots. <laughs> <laughs> are you less than ten? Yes. Yeah. So that's pretty scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't Ooh. think I went to my first haunted house till I was like 16 or 17. Yeah. So. <laughs> and I'm about to 32 on Halloween. Good sure. Oh. oh never. Halloween baby. That's exciting. Yeah. So you guys would go back then?
1: Yes, no. we will. <laughs> when <the>
0: lights on. <laughs> well, yeah, it's scary. When the
4: cause, I want to see How many
0: haunted houses are there? I want to see. There's but Even in Columbia there's a bunch. So Like there's this Is there this another one up here? No, there's Halloween. one over in Lexington. There's one out in Elgin. There's one I think further out in Chapin. There's a, there's a bunch around, though. A lot of people do haunted houses. I like this. Yep. Yeah,
9: this we come in this, this
0: one raises money for a charity. So there are fun. different ways they different but do I it. So it'll be the same thing. Well, I don't work here. I just visited. Um, but it'll be the same thing, but you'll be able to see it tomorrow. On Thursdays, they do blackout but oh, when you go through when the lights are on you can see yeah, all of the stuff they put a lot going? of work into it it's gory and gross and Ooh, I like pass of here.
4: yeah i want to see it with the lights on because i know it's going to be oh, amazing you like to back
0: <laughs> <laughs> well thank you guys for talking to me you, uh, i'm glad you had a good time <laughs> oh, no. i asked people eagerly waiting their turn to be scared what they look for in a haunted house some people said they appreciate the stories and characters
6: just like for like yeah. a fun time. <laughs> seeing all the people dressed I like up too. I, like no, I kind of like seeing everyone like dressed up. It's pretty cool. Gets yeah. me in the Halloween mood.
0: Yeah. I'm sure both the Steps and O'Shawn are happy to hear that some people come specifically to experience the story. As they both discussed with me how much work goes into creating that.
4: Nine years old. I specifically remember we were living in Japan at the time and it was going on my ninth birthday. My dad was in the military. So we were living in Japan and... Literally for my birthday, which is in November, November 8th, um, I asked for a fog machine, but I asked for it prematurely because Halloween is obviously before November. So that was my birthday gift. My ninth <laughs> birthday was a fog machine. And when I tell you, I think I still have that fog machine somewhere to this day, like in storage (laughs) or whatever. Like, I mean, it probably doesn't work, but, um, nine years old was about the time that I started doing yard displays. And then every year it would evolve from there. So from a simple fog machine with like a little cutout box, like I did like a graveyard cutout on a box that the machine was in. And there was a bowl of candy that sat on top nine years old. I'm not out trick or treating. I'm passing out candy because I'm like, Ooh, this is fun and spooky. And every year, it just evolved from there. So then when we moved to California, our whole neighborhood got into it where people were doing yard displays. And I asked my parents to do like a haunted thing in the garage, like just an elevated display in our garage. And from there, it just kept going and going. When we moved here to South Carolina, we had property behind our house. And I was like, can I do a trail back there? So that trail led to something bigger. And then past that, I got in college and, you know, involved at the theme parks. You know, I used to work at Scarewinds um after i came back from scare ones i got involved with the jc's at the current haunt that we're at they let me be the creative person there and it's just been you know to the moon since so Ah. i've been doing it forever i'm 33 now so (laughs) nine years old to 33 it's been a long time
0: so what is your favorite haunted house that you've ever put together
4: um i'll be very honest all the years mash up like doing it for so long literally like our actors I was about to call them the kids again um the actors come and they're like do you remember this do you remember that and I'm like to be honest I remember like the general thing about it but I don't really remember the rooms because again we switch up so much every year between the layout the props the theme everything that um I would if I had to put a finger on it I really enjoyed the toy factory year that we did um that was probably one of my like creative like more free years just because people love a just like they love a chainsaw they love a clown I don't I can't (laughs) stand clowns in the way that they don't scare me I just think that they're overdone and played out but you got to give the customers what they want so the year we did the toy factory that was probably the most fun just because we got to do clowns we got to do toys we got like that was the first year that I ever got on stilts in a costume it (laughs) actually popped up in my Facebook memories today um where I was a giant teddy bear on stilts so like, w- that was probably the most fun year that um, I can really remember.
0: So, uh, out of all the years and all the haunted houses and all the different themes that you possibly have put together, what has been your favorite theme that you put together for a haunted house?
1: Theme? Well, uh,
0: yeah, like your favorite, the most favorite thing. You're like, I did this thing. It's awesome. It's very sca-. Like, I know we went last year and you guys had the, uh, the clown room. Um, uh, and then you also had that whole trail with the
1: spiders (laughs) clowns are okay actually my dungeon i thought was very it was the first one that we did fake um fake stone walls and i built every apparatus most of the apparatus is in there i'd say uh we have a working rack that rack actually does work um you know the the things that i did in that room were the the look to it the frankenstein room we just did Two years ago, which you probably saw last year, very detailed. Everything looks great in there. A uh, Jacob's ladder, a uh, uh, you know the electronics in it, and everything else. The the noise, it's it's you know very good. Um, I,
5: butcher I, shop, I
1: think was one of butcher, my. Favorites. Yeah, I, you know we do so. That was many, pretty gruesome. <laughs> I, I'm not gonna lie to you. We do so many that it's hard to uh, it's it's hard to hard to just nail one down. I mean, you know um and we're constantly changing um we changed i don't think we changed quite a third this year but we did change about 25 percent and and
5: uh even if we don't change the room if it's it might be the same theme we do a lot of um changing the scare adding like one of them we just went and lowered the ceiling we um added um, more visual effects and things like that and so whether we change half of them every year we have changed a great deal of what's happening in the scene or if you really look at it what's there is the little details that make a difference.
0: Both also agree that the characters and the actors playing them are who really make the haunt come alive.
1: With our people is that they own their scenes these are their scenes they tell me what they want how they want lori goes through everything about the the scares we get the costuming we make sure that the characters are right but
5: to get to get back to your question um we build and change scenes um constantly because we're set up all year long but we go ghost hunting and camping. We have uh, Thanksgiving together, Christmas, um, Super Bowl, chili cook-off. So <laughs> that's why the it's almost more like a club because it's not a, I'm going to show up and work and then I'll see you next Halloween. It's a, hey, so-and-so's family, this has happened to them. What can we do? Or, you know, that kind of thing. It's, it's more like a family than it is a paid position. Yes. So.
0: So you talked earlier about your actors and how they are, you know, crucial to the success of a haunt,
4: how they're not paid, right? Like they're all volunteers. They're not paid. We're not paid as the people that run and operate the haunt. Everyone is a full volunteer and couldn't be more blessed to have the people that we have because they come back year after year. I've seen faces that have been there longer than I've been there. And (laughs) like I said, I started in 2009. Um, There are people that show up, you know, they bring their friends with them, like people that also enjoy scaring people. So um, we've been very blessed to have the team that we have. And especially in these next few nights, that's crucial. Everyone wants to go out and have a good time for Halloween. But we also need those same people to be in the (laughs) haunt because, hey, customers are coming to see you. If you're not there, then who's going to scare them? So we, we just have a very dedicated crew that, you know, a lot of places can't say that, even when they pay their people. So, so, so where do you get them from, that- then? Um, in the early stages, it was a lot of high school volunteers, and I always call them our kids, even though a lot of them are in their like mid twenties or whatever. We found them, you know, through the high school programs like ROTC or the drama department, or we would um, barter with schools and be like, "Hey, if you send out these many kids, then you know we'll." offer, you know, it, it, whether it's a trade-off of some sort, just in terms of promoting their their events and things like that. So um, luckily, over the years, a lot of those people have just stuck with us. So <laughs> it was kind of grassroots at first and still kind of is. We still promote and say, hey, bring a friend. But um, we, we've we got a lot of return return actors.
0: I took the liberty to talk to two actors, Jenny Bolin. Hey guys, this is... This is Jenny. Say hi, Jenny. Hi, Jenny. (laughs) Who used to volunteer at Dark Castle and Brian.
9: Well, my name is Brian Powell. Uh, I'm an actor here at the Hall of Horrors.
0: Who currently volunteers at the Hall of Horror to hear what it was like to be an actor at a haunted house.
9: I started actually last year in February. We did our very first Valentine's uh, themed haunt. The haunt is a great place and I love acting here.
0: So, so do you build a character? or like, or Is there an assignment? Or do you build a character? How do you get to that?
9: Well, with last year the theme was based on the show True Bloods, the vampire show, and basically the first section of the haunt was done up to be like a factory where us vampires trick humans to come in uh, to donate blood, basically, to keep vampires fed, but we're actually tricking you and actually draining you of your blood and my character was a vampire who worked in the loading dock and it didn't take nothing for me to get into my character because I'm really enthusiastic I'm I'm really good at improv uh, in my room I had a stack of barrels in front of me that I would hide behind I was given an air chisel to use for effect and scare people uh, I'd pop out of them around the barrel and scare them Behind me, there was another barrel that was rigged to jump with a hydraulic press type deal at the flip of a switch. I had two more barrels that was on the other side of the ones that I was hiding behind. And actually, a group that came through, they actually fell back into them because I I scared them really bad. (laughs) Um, And you used to
2: do, uh, you worked at a haunted house? I did, yes. I volunteered at a haunted house approximately... Eight nine years ago
0: for a couple of seasons. So, what role did you play? Like, was it a character or?
2: I got moved around just about every night, um, and it it really was pretty much wherever they needed me. If a volunteer didn't show up, did you wear a costume? I did, and um, that changed every night too. That changed or? every night too, just to kind of depending on what we were doing. Like a lot of times, um, if I was, they had a a thing outside, like a clown, scary clown thing. So I was a scary clown. Or if I was inside, sometimes I work behind the scenes, so I wasn't even, I could wear my normal clothes. And when you're behind the scenes, you're just like banging on things? Yes. Scare- <laughs> banging on things, pulling levers
0: for things to scare people. Um, yeah. So what was your favorite role to play there? Was it one of the behind the scenes? Yep. Thing? Yeah. yeah. Um, what's the most scared you've ever seen anyone? Oh, gosh.
2: Really, the most scared are, I think, that I'm, that's coming to mind first are the people that are screaming before anything even happens.
0: Just the anticipation yes. of something going to
2: happen. So it's like nothing has even, they're like in line to, <laughs> to start and they're already screaming. Um, that's what comes to mind first. So why'd you do it? Why'd I do it? A lot of my friends um, were already participating and it just seemed like a lot of fun.
10: Okay.
0: I asked Jenny and Brian what made the guests the most scared, and they agreed it was mostly jump scares that did the trick. The haunts work hard to include jump scares, and honestly, that's what a lot of guests said they were looking forward to. I like being scared. I like scary movies, like stuff like that. Um, like a lot of jump scares, and I feel like if it's dark, like you don't know what's coming next.
10: Dark hallways where you don't know what's going to come at you next.
0: Yeah, someone's
6: <laughs> jumping out at you, it's not fun. Yeah.
0: <laughs> oh, we love the scare. Yeah, I just the love scare we love being scared. We love watching them freak out time. yes <laughs> who screams the loudest oh, thank you. You. <laughs> and of course we can't talk about a haunted house without talking about the chainsaw what is it that you really really look forward to in a haunted house like what's the p pe- you're like if it's not there i'm out i don't want it chainsaw of course yeah. chainsaw. but uh all of them always the chainsaw why is there always a chainsaw
1: uh, well and, and my joke is i'm not scared of a chainsaw at a hump because i know it doesn't have a chain on it i always say i want to get a weed eater a gas powered because <laughs> you'd never know if that string was on there or not and that would really <laughs> freak me out if somebody came after me with that well you know the chainsaw is is, is a dangerous tool it really is and yeah. uh and it's so compact and mobile, and and can cause so much damage that that it is something and loud. You know, it's just that just that noise of something loud starting up behind you, and you know it's coming, and and it's expected now. Every every yeah. hunt has to have them. It's almost six, like so. it's a way it,
5: it's almost anticlimactic. Even though chainsaws don't scare me, if you go through a hunt and you get. You're leaving it, and you don't hear a chainsaw start up. It's almost anticlimactic. Did you really end that haunt? Yeah.
0: <laughs> Wait, is it over? Because no one chased me with a chainsaw, so I'm not That's sure right. if I'm done. <laughs> uh, so this is at uh, y'all's haunted house um, each time that I've been, and actually every single haunted house I've been to. Why the chainsaw?
4: chainsaws are a necessity the year that I tried to kill the chainsaw you know video killed the radio star but I tried to kill the chainsaw the year that we did a manor theme and the customers were not having it I don't know who started the chainsaw and haunt lore that's maybe a question that you can ask for a later (laughs) podcast but whoever brought the chainsaw to Halloween honestly did A huge service, but a huge disservice, because again, the year that I tried to get rid of it did not happen. (laughs) Um, I was like, a chainsaw doesn't belong in a voodoo manner. Didn't have a chainsaw at the end, and customers rioted. So we were like, you know what? (laughs) Add a chainsaw, whether it makes sense or not.
0: So it wouldn't be an episode of Welcome to Wonderland if I didn't go down a side rabbit hole. It turns out that I didn't have to go very far, and there wasn't a whole lot to it. Chainsaws as a part of the attraction were a direct result of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie coming out in 1974. Hans quickly learned that guests liked living parts of their favorite horror movies in a safe way.
1: When you, when you hear horror, what's the first thing you think of? Movies. If you hear the word horror, it's a horror movie or a horror flick. It's a horror this, right? Yeah. So a lot of your themes are going to come from the movies, okay?
0: And being chased by a crazy person wielding a chainsaw is a climactic end to any haunted house. While researching the chainsaw aspect of the haunted house, I also came across a 2011 court case where a guest at a haunted house believed the haunt to be over, only to have a costumed actor with a chainsaw come at him after he exited the fence. This is called the carry effect, where the audience is led to believe that the terror is over, only to be given one last jolting scare. The guest was so scared that he began to run falling, and hurting his wrist. He attempted to sue the haunt, but ultimately, summary judgment and appeals court determined that the haunt was not at fault. The justice's conclusion was that, quote, being chased within the physical confines of the haunted trail by a chainsaw-carrying maniac is a fundamental part and inherent risk of this amusement. The defendant voluntarily paid money to experience it. While both Hall of Horrors and Dark Castle are very fun and scary haunted houses, their primary intent is to entertain, and yes, scare, patrons. But there is another level of haunted houses gaining more and more popularity each year. Have you ever heard of an extreme haunted house?
2: I think the one... I don't know if Barrett said it in another podcast, but there's one where they truly, like, try to torture... No, it was in... Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, they're trying to, like, truly torture... You during the experience, not just like jumping not to out startle of you, and...
8: but yeah. I, I don't know where it is, and I don't know exactly what the name is, but I know that there's at least one haunted attraction somewhere in Middle America somewhere. But it they require that you sign a waiver, and that I think if you make it all the way through the maybe it's like a 14th floor or something like that, but if you make it through all the levels, then you don't have to pay or you get your you get refunded or something like that but the actors supposedly are allowed to touch you or or whatever you can't you can't touch them or react to them in a in a equal manner but i think that i think that that is supposed to be one of the most uh frightening or or extreme Uh, there was one in like california
3: or new york one of the two but like you had to sign a waiver to go in and they can like not hurt you but kind of hurt you and touch you and grab you and like, restrain you. That seems terrifying.
6: Okay, so there's this place in Tennessee. I don't know the name of it. You have to sign a waiver before you can go there because this guy will, like, put you through the ringer, like, with all this stuff.
7: Yeah, I think if there's one in California that also, like, you will potentially get your money back or win a lot of money. And if you get through it, but nobody really gets through it because people can touch you. They can, like, mm-hmm. do crazy things. And, like, I don't want to be touched by anybody, but. Um, I think it also just has like a lot of different rooms and levels to get through before you actually could potentially make it out. So it's
6: very, very rare. I will say the guy in Tennessee, like he says that it's a haunted house and everything, but it definitely looks like he just tortures Tortures people. people. (laughs) Like there's nothing ghoulish or haunted about it. It's just him torturing people.
0: One of the biggest rules at any haunted house that I've visited is no touching the actors and the actors won't be touching you.
10: Will get close. You may even bump in you, but they not directly grab you. So they will not touch you. Please do not touch them.
0: But in some of the most extreme haunted houses, the employees at the haunt may make full contact with the guest, and include a chance that the guest may be subjected to mild torture, including simulated drowning, simulated assault, and light electric shock. Typically, guests are given a safe word if they wish to stop the haunt. One of the most notorious of these extreme haunted houses is the McAmmy Manor in Tennessee. This is audio from Hulu's Monster Inside official trailer about McKamey Manor. So, very
6: young, I got obsessed with horror. I just think
7: it would be fun to survive a horror movie, but I had no idea what I was getting myself
3: into. All right, guys, she's doing really good tonight. She's
9: I've always loved haunted houses growing up. I love going to them. It's healthy to be scared. Yeah!
3: But an immersive horror experience, you can't compare these things together.
9: Ah! They're, they're longer, they're more intense. There's no topic that's off the table. Everybody is going to wonder the why. The why is different for every individual.
6: There
3: are people who need challenges. They need risk.
6: I don't think that this is any different than Mountaineers or people that skydive. I was
3: drawn to it because it was unusual. I thought that this was going to get me a little bit of fame. But every
0: horror movie has
9: a monster.
3: I'm the owner and creator of McKamey Manor.
9: McKamey Manor. Build itself as the most extreme haunted house in the world.
3: Got this, okay? Got
9: it. I I am here because I want everyone to know the truth on Russ. I
3: made a big mistake. Russ McCamey aspired to be an entertainer and became the torturer. Uh, uh, uh. You go to McCamey Manor, you might not make it out. They rub you, your hair may be chopped off. I was like, how is this possible?
1: It's a straight up cult. (laughs) The list is long.
9: There is a $20,000 money prize. Some people are enticed by that money. Today's the day for my McKinney Manor tour. How bad can it be? Let me go see. The show's never
6: over
0: Under the law, even if they have signed a waiver, it's a violation of your consent if that control of your consent is actually taken away. please.
6: I started to get some weird feeling from Russ. We have a tired little puppy here. And
3: that's when it got violent.
9: How would we stop him? Please stop, Russ, please. Please Do not come here.
3: Russ is the great danger. It's not going to shock me if someone dies one day.
1: Come on, everybody. Come on in.
0: Guests are required to fill out an application, sign a waiver, and have a note from a doctor saying that they're capable of doing it. They actually didn't even have a safe word until 2017. The tour doesn't cost anything and takes about four hours. The proprietor is so sure that no guest can make it to the end that he offers a $20,000 prize to anyone who can. As of October 2023, no one has won that prize. Another extreme haunted house is Blackout, which has versions in L.A., Chicago, Miami, and New York. Blackout was created by Josh Randall and Christian Thor in 2009 out of frustration that it was growing increasingly more difficult to be scared. At Blackout, participants must sign a liability waiver prior to entering, and like McCamey Manor, actors are allowed to touch the visitor. The attraction's features differ depending on the location and will change over time to avoid participants predicting what will occur. At the start of the event, a performer may ask participants about their worst fears, which they will use to tailor the event to make it more frightening. Guests are sent in individually and are not allowed to speak. These extreme-type haunted houses are not without controversy, however, with many people thinking that they go too far. Haunted houses have become such a popular Halloween event that many haunts have found themselves venturing into other seasons and holidays also.
1: All right, we keep in contact with our our volunteers year-round, all right? Mm -hmm. And as a haunt, we actually, um, this is a facility that we're trying to make profitable, okay? So, therefore, it needs to generate, I hate to say it, generate money to hold its own all year round. So, we do Be My Zombie Valentine. Um, We uh, also did this past year um, Camp Terror, um, which is an overnight um, escape and torture experience. Be My Zombie Valentine is where couples compete against other couples, uh, and it always sells out.
0: And I know it's more and more common now. So, Haunted Houses... Actually, I have more information I need on this. So haunted houses, though, as a, as a haunt, um, were a Halloween thing. But now we're seeing, you know, my haunted Valentine or haunted Christmas things. Is that something that the Hall of Horrors does too? Or are you guys strictly a Halloween haunt?
4: We've been strictly a Halloween haunt for the longest time. I think two seasons ago was the first year that we ventured out into Valentine's. Um, we tried it again this past year. Honestly, just with our customer base, it's not really something that other than us having some more fun in the off season, it's not really a beneficial thing to our bottom line. Um, we were thinking about doing a Christmas show this year just because we've never tried that either. Maybe just because we've done so well this October. Anyone that missed it or wants to come back out in uh, December, we are tentatively planning a December show. So, I mean, you can go on hollowhors.org or our Facebook or whatever and see if we actually do it. Um, <laughs> don't hold my feet to the fire on that one. But sure. uh, we would we would love to do a, a Christmas and, again, a Valentine's show in, in February.
0: I wonder why no one does, like, creepy Easter bunnies. Like, it's really just Christmas um, and, and, and Valentine's.
4: <laughs> what's crazy no, is I I have seen people do, they do all the seasons. So, like, okay. they'll do Midsummer Scream. They'll do, you know, Easter. Like, there's one famous haunt, Dark Hour, in Texas. And uh, that's a really good friend of mine. Alan Hops, owns it. And they do every season you can imagine. Like, they're a witch-themed haunt. So, they'll come up with some kind of folklore about witches based on the season and then they'll do you know like i said valentine's thanksgiving christmas like they are a year-round haunted attraction okay
0: well that's all i have for today if you're in columbia south carolina be sure to check out dark castle haunted attractions details at darkcastlesc.com and the hall of horrors
4: um i would just say if you're in the columbia south carolina area or you like to travel come and visit us hall of horrors we're, hallofhorrors.org. we're on facebook instagram Of all the social medias.
0: Thank you to Scott, Lori, O'Shawn, Jenny, Brian, and everyone who I spoke to at the Haunted Houses. Until next time, be creepy, be spooky, and stay curious. The Welcome to Wonderland podcast is copyrighted by Amy Blandon part of Big Media. This podcast was recorded at the podcast studio at GOT Sound Studio in Lexington, South Carolina. Any thoughts or opinions expressed as part of this production are those of the host unless otherwise indicated. Subscribe to this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Please follow, like, and share this podcast. Find us at Facebook at Welcome to Wonderland the podcast and on X, the app formerly known as Twitter at Wonderland underscore pod. Check out behind the scenes moments and other videos on TikTok at Wonderland pod. And finally, check out pictures, additional information, and go further down the rabbit Hole on our website at www.wtwlpod.com. To submit corrections, additional information, or requests for episodes, please email the host at Welcome to Wonderland the pod, at gmail.com.
8: Would you do that?
0: Yeah. There's one in Tennessee. It's not that far.
8: Well, maybe I'll find a.
0: It's free, and if you make it, you get
8: $20,000. Shut up. They'll pay you $20,000 if you make it,
0: mm-hmm. but no one's ever made it.
8: I don't understand. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, it's not. It's not even that I'm. I'm. It's not even that I'm boastful that I'm not afraid. It just.
0: Well, that's the one. It's got light torture, simulated assault. They do the waterboarding. Like, so you have to fill out an application. You have to sign a forty-page waiver. You have to have a note from your doctor saying that you are physically fit enough to handle this kind of task. Okay. It's four hours long, and once you're done, you get twenty thousand dollars. But no one's ever done it. I don't know if they exclude certain people, like maybe seals or whatever, from being able to go, because I feel like clearly there are some people who do, who who receive much force for a living. Yeah. It seems like they could probably make it through and get an extra 20,000.
2: You know, fun fact, um, I got to do the chainsaw one night and I was so excited, but I couldn't get the momentum. And I was so sad. Like just I just chasing at people off. Ah. Just, just making the noise. <laughs>
8: the preceding podcast is a product of big media and copyright 2023. All rights reserved.